47 degrees, so it's not really like the ice and snow. It's a little cooler than what we were used to last week. Derek Hansen with you, Couch Potato Radio. Joe Stetz producing, and John Holler, as promised, is with us here on the Mighty 790 KFGO. John, how you doing? Uh, recovering from your big weekend in Egan down at the new Viking headquarters? Oh, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's a long process because you just are sitting around and waiting and believe me when I tell you we were cursing Rick Spielman when he uh, made four trades in 15 minutes at the end of day two. Because I'm not sure if you're aware, the 12 picks they made were the most they've ever made since I believe it was 1992 or 91. And that year the draft was, or 81, that year the draft was 12 rounds. Really? So uh this as much as Spielman likes to trade and likes to have 10 picks in a draft he's never had 12 and so which explains why they drafted a long snapper and I'm sure we'll get to that at some point you know I'm not I didn't get into this draft as much as years past I just figured hey they're gonna draft the lineman at some point I'm not gonna lose my mind for whatever reason as much as I love college football and the NFL and Vikings or whatever I just didn't get wound up about it but I, I do. Neither did uh, neither did Zim. He yeah. didn't get a defensive guy until the fifth round, so <laughs> it was a waste of time for him. <laughs> well, he does have to coach the whole team, so maybe he did realize. But how about that? No, he, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he coaches the whole team, but no, I mean, literally, that's why they have had guys like uh, Shermer, guys like Norv Turner, guys like uh, the. Kubiak, the new guy coming in, he wants offensive minds that they answer to him, but which we found out the hard way with uh, Coach D. Filippo. But he wants someone who will take the offense because he is his own defensive coordinator. No matter what George Edwards' business card happens to say, <laughs> he he literally turns the offense over. He makes suggestions. He uh, he has veto power, but he literally. That's why the Vikings have always had guys, you know, Filippo was probably the exception to the rule. And you saw what happened. He said, I want to run this my way. And it's like, no, you're going to do this. And he didn't, Zim didn't have the respect enough for him to let him do it his way. And they fired him during the season. I mean, this is the fifth offensive coordinator system that they have had. You know, I mean, uh, Kubiak is technically not the, and Rick Dennison technically are not the offensive coordinator. That's Stefanski, but they are, they're running Kubiak's system. And you could tell by the draft picks that they made that they're going to that, you know, it's easy for fans who have, who know the game to recognize a Kubiak system. It's the one cut running, it's athletic zone blocking offensive linemen. And the Vikings just did a complete about face with the guys that they picked up in the draft this year. So what does what does that mean for a guy like I really like Danny Isidoro, who's kind of a downhill, you know, you know, just like power the guy, power guy, and then you know a few of the others. I mean, because I think that's the biggest question. If you're going to hear a naysayer, it's like the people who are second guessing WWE scripts for their storylines, or you know the the ending to right. Avengers Endgame or whatever that all over the internet. That's what we have here in the blogosphere. So, what, by the way, you looked you looked fantastic. Did you like that with me? As um, like is not even the word. I think it borders on love. That was <laughs> that was a beautiful look for you, 
and you pulled it off like nobody's business. Kudos, my friend. Well, what Kudos. I told JJ, who, you know, we can, kind of concocted this whole thing. And by the way, I could have took pictures at Century Cinema with people in front of that poster for... For uh, money. Uh, well, I could have done it for money, <laughs> for one thing, but I could have done it for hours. So, yeah, you want for the listeners out there, I do look a little bit like Thanos without the purple paint. And then we put a little. But purple. with it, oh my god! Yeah, it's it's a little doppelgangers. It is a little spooky, isn't it? Just the facial it, structure and everything. It, it's kind of creepy. I loved it. Yeah, so I loved it. So check out KFGO's Facebook page, my Facebook page, JJ Gordon's. You'll see a little bit what we're talking about here. But that was Thursday night, and we hyped it quite a bit during our draft party at Tailgaters. It was a lot of fun. But getting back to what I was saying, it's uh. You know, there's a lot of second guessing going on. What would you tell people? Because I like the pick of Bradbury. I mean, I, I, if they took a tackle, fine. But as far as getting an interior lineman, I think guard has been their weakest spot. And then however they want to do this, put him at center or whatever, I think that it makes them a better football team. He's going to be at center. Um, he is one of the most dominant college centers to come down the, in the last five years or so. And, you know, he's much better as a zone blocker than uh, Pat Elfline would it would have been at center. But Elfline right now, because, you know, keep in mind, offensive linemen aren't sexy. That's the problem. You know, everybody wants to, you know, in Arizona, they're selling season tickets. They're selling Kyler Murray jerseys. We're not selling more season tickets because Garrett Bradbury was the first round pair. No. We're not uh, – Fans aren't going to go clam. We're not going to see thousands of fans wearing Bradbury jerseys. It, but if you're going to make the investment in Kirk Cousins pay off, and you're going to make the investment in Delvin Cook the year you didn't have a first round pick pay off, you need to have because the Vikings are going to run more because they just couldn't run with that line last year, and it doesn't get a lot of uh, you know. It's funny I, I didn't hear many people talking about it at all. Josh Klein the free agent they signed from Tennessee about their only major free agent that they signed. He is a good left guard in the NFL. Good. And he came from a system where you had DeMarco Murray, you had Henry, Derek Henry, uh, in the backfield. They, and Marcus Mariota as a running quarterback, they were a run first team. So now you add him into the mix. Reef is probably in his last year, but there wasn't, I kind of thought they might go Jawan Taylor with that pick because I was stunned how long he stayed on the board. And with drafts, you never know. You know, there are like Chris Boyd had no business falling all the way to the seventh round, given his skill set. But you get the impression when you see things like that. I've been doing the draft so long that suddenly a red flag goes off in your head. Okay, what's the what's the red flag on this kid? Right. That. 32 teams pass on him through six rounds. There is something, you know, it's like, why did Holton Hill go undrafted? We saw Holton Hill play. He's a good player, but he has off field baggage. And that's why he's going to miss the first four games this year. Well, that's exactly right. And I think when many of those things go where someone starts to fall, it's not as high profile as like when Warren Sapp fell. We all knew it was some marijuana thing that got out there or whatever. It just it happened. contact eyes. Or Laramie Tunsil, I think, is just as good an example yeah. because there were people who had Laramie Tunsil going second or third in the draft because a bookend left tackle is the best investment any team can make in the NFL. You know, you can say quarterback, 
but you know a good quarterback when you see a good quarterback, unless you're Dave Gettleman in New York. But the uh, a left tackle, you sign a left tackle, and he lives up to what he's supposed to do. He is going to be your left tackle for 10 years. And Tunsil was one of those guys. He still is. You know, I mean, uh, Miami's not complaining about Laramie Tunsil. But literally a half hour before the draft, I mean, it was so close to the draft that the people on ESPN and the people on NFL Network were unaware until they went to a commercial break 20 minutes in and someone showed them the video that came up on social media on, on Instagram of him wearing a gas mask, smoking weed. And if I'm, I'm looking at it right when the draft is starting and I'm like, well, he's wearing a gas mask. You don't know if that's Laramie Tunsil before they cut the video, he takes the gas mask off and you're going, yep, that's Laramie Tunsil. All right. <laughs> well, yeah. And I, we're getting to the point now where if we start, it's amazing how much the, really how much society has changed as far as that compared to when Warren Sapp was suspected of it. Right. I mean, you think right. about it. I mean, that, it was, then it was, and the weird part is, is when you talk to Spielman, especially when he's away from the microphone and you ask him a really pointed question that he, he's a professional at deflecting and not really, uh, showing his cards, you know, because we've talked about this for years that, the month leading up to the draft is the biggest subterfuge you ever are going to see where they literally like an, an example would be uh, Alexander Madison, the, the third round, the running back from Boise state. They talked to him at the combine. They liked what they saw and they didn't speak to him again, not once because they didn't want to tip their hand. And Spielman said that. And so there are times when teams will bring a player in Oh, I'm trying to think of the guy. He ended up going to the Rams and he came here. It was the year that they uh, drafted Kevin Williams and they wanted to throw everybody off the, the scent. And so not only did they bring him in for a visit, they propped him up in front of the media to answer questions. And it's like, boy, this doesn't sound like the Vikings, even though Tice was the coach. This doesn't sound like the Vikings that they are bringing a guy in. They're propping him up as this is our guy. And then when it came to the draft, he was still on the board and they took Kevin Williams, even though they botched it and had to wait a couple of picks when to get the thing through. Or did they botch but, it? Yeah, that's the other thing. Is that the Red McCombs well, kind of way? Oh, no, anything? they botched it. They botched it because they thought they had had a trade with Baltimore. for They were going to drop two spots and Baltimore was going to go up in front of Jacksonville to take Byron Leftwich, which... I think both the Vikings and the Rams are going, eh, we're good with this. And they ended up, uh, the Vikings called in their part of the trade to the office, you know, this back when, before you could do it electronically, you know, you would think they would have done it that way, but Baltimore didn't get their, their end of the trade in, in time to say, yeah, we, we accepted this trade. And all of a sudden the Vikings are kicking back and it's like, okay, the clock runs out and there was no announcement of a trade and then here comes Jacksonville, and they take Leftwich. Well, now Baltimore doesn't want to make the deal, and Carolina smells blood in the water, and they jump in and take a left tackle. So the Vikings got the guy they wanted. They got him two picks later. Red saved about five hundred thousand dollars, 
and it all worked out in the end. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget that day because uh, you imagine the draft party was, I was at, and that's when uh, Mike Tice said, "Calm down, calm down." Right? Right. <laughs> no, 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 no. That wasn't that one. That was uh, when Paul Allen was in the field house, and he had the crowd. And when you think about it now, he had the crowd chanting "Suggs, Suggs, oh, Suggs." That's right. And after. Uh, Jacksonville and Carolina. Oh, that was the draft because after Jacksonville and Carolina jumped in, the Vikings made their pick and then it came to uh, uh, Baltimore and they took T sizzle and yeah. they have no regrets about that whatsoever. Cause he's still playing, but yeah, that's a weird thing because I actually talked to Mike Tice. He was at, at batting practice at a twins game after that. And he actually opened up to me and goes, well, I feel like we have Lance Johnstone who can do that job, so I wanted to really get Kevin Williams. And Kevin Williams, I mean, he's a guy that you can talk about as being one of the you know better defensive linemen for the Vikings, so it's not like he Ever. wasn't. Yeah, right? I mean, so he was a good force. It's just that Suggs is a Hall of Famer, so that's. Right, but the worst part was was that Paul, the following year, like Paul knew that they were going to take Troy Williamson and, I think I would have thrown up in my mouth holding that information. <laughs> but because uh, I didn't like Williamson from the beginning, from day one, I did not like Williamson. I thought they reached. I thought, okay, we're using the pick that we got from Oakland for Randy on him and forget about it. You know, I was like, he, he was a blocker. They, they were a running school and he had hand eye coordination, which is a, a tough get for a wide receiver. But the, uh, when, Paul had this, you know, 5,000 people in the field house chanting, Suggs, Suggs, Suggs. He didn't know who the Vikings were going to pick. And so after that, they kind of made a point. Okay, if you're going to be getting 5,000 fans in a lather, because I was there in the field house, they brought us down for the pick. And all of a sudden, these things are happening and other teams are picking. And you're like, what's going on? You know, Tice comes out. It's a memory I'll take with me to the grave. A little woman... 80 years old and a little more than 80 pounds. Okay. Just a tiny little wisp of a woman works her way through the crowd, gets right up to the front and extends a bony middle finger at tight. Doesn't say nothing. Gives him the finger, turns around and walks back to her seat. And I'm just like, okay, well you lost grandma there. You know, the blue hair vote is now no longer in your corner coach. Oh my goodness. John Holler is with us here on couch potato radio. Derek Hansen with you. Joe Stets producing. Okay. So we talked a lot about the lineman situation. Uh, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are like going, wow, Irv Smith. Uh, and you know, speculation has been going on with Kyle Rudolph, maybe getting traded or cut or whatever for a long time. And, boy, that certainly accelerated after that. No trades with Kyle Rudolph for the weekend, which I think surprised, well, certainly me. The Vikings are really, you know, as far as the salary cap space, strapped. So where do we go from here? See, I wasn't surprised that they didn't make a trade during the draft. Although I will admit when the Vikings uh, moved into the uh, New England spot, in uh boy what was it it was they moved into the third round and then they traded it out i thought there's the pick that they're going to trade rudolph on if they're going to but then they ended up just moving it again you know as spielman is wont to do but uh the speculation is that and it's got some legs to it is that rudolph would be an ideal fit with the Patriots 
And there's the possibility because New England knows what they are. Okay, they're not going to suddenly be a top ten pick in the draft. It they haven't been for how many years? You know, I mean, right. the worst year they've had in the last fifteen was eleven and five when Matt Castle was their quarterback. You know, the if they trade a second round pick, that's almost the equivalent of a third round pick if you're making a deal with a Tampa Bay or you know, a a Cincinnati, just some team that isn't uh, expected to do much. It wouldn't surprise me a bit if they get confirmation in June that Gronk is not coming back because there's still that, well, Gronk may come back. If they're convinced Gronkowski is not coming back, they'll move a second rounder for Rudolph. And it would free up his, his heavy lifting of the guaranteed money is done. So there wouldn't be any dead cap hit. And suddenly you open up seven plus million dollars. You know, it was the, when we talked a couple months back and I said, Hey, don't be shocked if Everson Griffin gets cut, if he doesn't take a pay cut and well, what did he do? He take a, took a pay cut. And there were discussions that the Vikings offered him up in trade. I, I've I've heard that there were trades that they were offering Trey Waynes for the right price. They were offering Mackenzie Alexander for the right price, Rudolph and Griffin. They haven't moved any of them, but the fact that they're willing to really speaks to where the Vikings sit right now. Yeah, no question. And Irv Smith is a great tight end. He's I unbelievable. Mean, if you watch the tape on him, uh, you know, you're no slouch when you're playing at Alabama. And let me tell you, he, I, I think he's as, I think personally, I think he's better than Hawkinson because I think Hawkinson is the, the NFL is a game of speed and he's not fast. He's just a gigantic target who can block, you know, he's a, like a really athletic Dwayne Allen, you know, he's not a, uh, uh, a Jimmy Graham type, you know, where Irv Smith can develop into something really special. I watch a lot of SEC football because, well, I like to watch elite in football, right? I mean, and that's right, what, no. And so I like you know, the worst team's a good team, right? I mean, the the SEC game of the weekend, CBS. My friend works in the booth there with uh, Gary Danielson, and he's spotting for him. So I mean, I, I, I kind of really check it out a lot. And and uh, of course, then again, I thought Laquan Treadwell would really translate his game in the NFL. It just hasn't worked out for him. But boy, what I saw from Irv Smith with Alabama the past couple of years, oh. he's a dude. I mean, there's just he's no a mismatch nightmare. Yeah. So I, I like this a lot. We shall see. Overall, final thing for you, John. Overall, what to, I, I thought the Vikings came away with it. They they plugged every hole that they needed, and they got depth at places they needed. I I liked what they did. So it's gonna it's gonna create for some tough decisions coming up in August for them. But that's good. Yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there are a couple things that I should point out to the listeners. Uh, go online and look at finding, you know, just type in Alexander Madison, and it's two T's, not a D. Madison is from Boise State. And just check out the final four games of the season. Boise State needed to uh, win to get a better bowl game. And their quarterback was banged up, and they told Madison, hey, man, we're, we're strapping this on you. And he had, oh, it was just absurd. In the final four games, like 132 carries. He had two 200-yard games in there where they just put it on his back. In three of the four games, he had more than 30 carries. And he was averaging like five yards, six yards a carry. So why do you stop doing it? You know, I mean, right. if, if you can average five yards a carry on 40 carries, 
you're going to get 40 carries. It's like old school, high school. You know? hey, hey, trust and, me, there's a football team that plays in the Fargo Dome who likes to do that once in a while, so I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> They've been known to run the ball occasionally, but uh, uh, the other two are uh, the secondary guys they took. Marcus Epps was a walk-on from San Bernardino who didn't get recruited by anyone, and a friend of his had a connection with Wyoming. He walked on and immediately they saw what they had. And he was named a three-time captain. There are, first off, he was the, uh, he's the only three-time captain in their school history. And that's not unusual because a three-year captain almost never happens. And the other one is uh, the long snapper, uh, a man of, uh, international man of mystery, Austin Cutting, uh, He's an Air Force Academy guy, so the Vikings are going to have to deal with those logistics of he still has two years of commitment left with them, but other players from service academies have been able to play in the NFL and just defer that. So it's like when the offseason comes, he puts in four or five months here, four or five months there and gets it done. But I asked him when we got him on a conference call, okay, the Vikings have never drafted a long snapper, and I can't remember the last time a long snapper was drafted. How many teams were in touch with you? And he said 14 or 15 teams were in contact with him, and three or four said, we're going to draft you. Wow. And so that's why the Vikings didn't want to wait until after the draft and be in competition with 14 or 15 other teams. When you draft a guy, he's yours. And they did not, and ordinarily, seventh-rounders don't have that sort of of competition. So if someone's like, geez, they wasted a pick on a long snapper, how long did Mike Morris last? How long did Cullen Leffler last? You know what I'm saying? If someone, this thinks, is the guy, listen, if someone thinks that, they're nuts. Th- these things can cost you a game. I mean, if they think oh, that, they mean, can cost you a season. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this costs job, jobs within the NFL. No, long exactly. snapper is very important. There's a reason a young man from Perm got a deal with the Gophers. I mean, they, they only have so many scholarships in D1 football, but yes, that, that, that does happen. It, they, this is a very important job. You do one thing, but you do it at such an extremely high level that you are perfect every time. Every long snapper I have ever spoke to, I've asked him, okay, what's the craziest thing someone has asked you to do snapping? You know, like Mike Morris, I've witnessed this. There was this bar in St. Cloud that had a long, thin, it was like a cow tunnel. You know, you couldn't change your mind in this place because you're elbow to elbow. (laughs) They got everybody to move away, and the pool tables are probably 30 yards from the front door. He did a perfect snap to a guy in the street through the bar, out the door, into the street. Wow. Unfortunately, the guy dropped it. He was a Jeff Locke type, but uh, it was a thing to see. And, you know, people have said, oh, they'll set up plates, they'll set up tires, and it's one of those, you know, break the plate. And somebody will be holding a plate at the spot where the hands of the holder are supposed to be or the hands of the punter, and the guy will break the plate. It's wow. They do one thing, but they do it unbelievably well. And that's how you can make six to seven digits a year doing that. That's it's amazing how that works out. And it's why teams don't give up their guys. You know, I mean, if you have a long snapper who gets hurt, that can literally cost you your season oh, yeah. because there's only a handful of guys that are out there waiting in the wings to get the call. And how many times have you seen it? It's like 
He hasn't played in two years, but he played nine years with the Baltimore Ravens. You know, one of those numbers. Yep. No, it's well, it's a, you know, and I kind of wrap it up. I mean, if you don't believe it, uh, I watch a lot of high school football, and a lot of those games can turn around on a you know because those kids aren't working on that, right? So right. If, if, no. Well, the the ones who are smart, the it's not so much the kid, it's the parent, where the parents like. Okay, you're a pretty good athlete, but you're not going to get a college scholarship. They will get those kids, and that's what we have become now is such a specialized society. I mean, back when you and I were in high school, the kicker was the guy who could kick best, or you had a kid from the soccer team come in and kick. Otherwise, the kicker also probably punted, played on offense and defense. Yeah, well, you know what I'm saying. We if just you were got, that good. We just got foreign exchange students to try it out. That's a, get these kids from Europe. That always worked out well for us. But right, I, and it's funny how the athletic director and the superintendent worked this out. <laughs> that, oh well, we no, we're we're getting a kid from Norway or we're getting a kid from Brazil. Trust me, we like were, CBS oh, news updates. We we were just lucky. Trust me, I wasn't. Uh, we weren't. We weren't that good where we were starting to recruit. It, we just got lucky. <laughs> but I will. We had this kid from Denmark. And, and the easiest job in the world was kickoff team because he kicked it through the uprights. I kid you not. He's like 6'3", and he played a little bit of soccer, and he booted it through the uprights. So that was the easiest job. The insane Dane. I remember him. Yes, he was the insane Dane, too. <laughs> Trust me. And those are stories I will tell <laughs> off the air, yes. Uh, very, nice. <laughs> very good. John, thanks so much. I appreciate it. We'll read your stuff at Viking Update. Just a Google search Viking Update. You'll get in touch with all of John's stuff. Thank you for your time, as always. I'll talk to you again in a couple weeks. You're the best in the city, and that Avengers costume was fantastic. All right, brother. thank you very much. I do appreciate it. John Holler from the Viking Update with us. Derek Hansen, Joe Stets producing Couch Potato Radio this Sunday here on KFGO. Oh,